I think being free from using food to cope, soothe, or escape has has really taught me how to be vulnerable and from a place of like, this is who I am, right? Without a wall up, without defenses, without, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors or compartmentalizing my true self. Welcome to Balance Boldly, the podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm Nikita Thigpen, your host and balance and relationship advisor, partnering with you to change the narrative so we can amplify intimacy within and across your relationships and you can have the freedom, flexibility, and confidence to thrive in work life and in love. I am excited to be here with you guys. We are wrapping up a decade. Did you hear me? We're wrapping, we're literally wrapping up a decade. This is amazing and perfect in all the ways that we are moving forth. I've had an incredibly roller coaster filled year for 2019. And as we move on through into 2020, I am excited that I have completed some incredible things that were just kind of sitting in my queue for way too long. And that really made me feel out of balance in every area of my life when they were things that were just literally incomplete because it was hanging over me as that woulda, coulda, shoulda, I gotta do it. It's on my list. The to-do list just kept carrying forward. It was just way too much. And of course, that created some not so healthy habits for me in the process. But we will talk about that a little bit later because I have the perfect person to talk to you with that for. So as we are teetering out our season 16, the freedom and fury of balancing our love and career, every single angle of this particular conversation that we're having that I've been ridiculously excited about getting to is to serve you, to help you understand that you are not alone in this process. You are not by yourself in trying to figure out the figure outables, as Marie Forleo would say, with whether or not you're in the best relationship, the best job, the best part of your entrepreneurship journey, the, you know, the best part of your creativity expression and all the different things that you're doing. We all struggle with that even after we feel like we've kind of made it. And then sometimes in the midst of that struggle, we start to do things like, I don't know, eat too much or not eat the right things or not hydrate enough or do all of those things that just don't add up to us living the best version of ourselves, even while we're in the the midst of that kind of emotional, mental, or perhaps even spiritual transition that we're in. So that's why we have a lovely, beautiful, high-spirited woman who is definitely becoming one of my favorite people already. We've had such great conversation and we've only known each other for a very little time. I have to welcome Jessica Procini. She's an emotional eating healer and the founder of Escape from Emotional Eating. She is on a mission to help others use food as fuel rather than a way to cope, soothe, or escape their busy, stressful lives. Jessica's been awarded the Top Health Coach Award by the Institute of Psychology of Eating three years in a row and has been featured on various media outlets such as CBS, Philadelphia Magazine, Mind Body Green, just to name a few. I have to say I'm excited to bring her, especially as we head into and right after the holidays with all the things that we've done to ourselves, the mistakes we've made so we can break those patterns and really understand 
why we get to these places sometimes as women and brave men who just kind of fall into these traps and do things that aren't good for ourselves. And I really wanted to talk to someone who's been there and done that, not just wrote a book about it. Jessica, welcome to the Balance Goalie Podcast. How are you today? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. You know it, hands down. I would love for you to share with the Balance Bowl listeners and just tell them a little bit about what you do in the world and what kind of got you to this place of doing it in the first place. Sure. So I am an emotional eating healer, the founder and creator of Escape from Emotional Eating, which is a body of work and a series of programs uh, to end emotional eating. And it was created directly from my experience with emotional eating. So my very first memory of emotional eating was from when I was six years old. And pretty much for the next 20 years after that, I had a really torturous relationship with food. It was like this abusive love-hate relationship with food that followed me uh, throughout into my adulthood. Um, And it wasn't until, you know, I was really a young adult, like in my mid-20s, that things got really, really bad, where I was thinking about food all the time. It was always on my mind. Um, I felt like really crazy and compulsive around it. I tried to talk to people I knew, um, like my friends, and they sort of just shrugged me off and was like, oh, everyone overeats. Like, come on, let's go work out. Mm. And I tried to talk to my partner about it. And he was like, oh, Jessica, you know, I'll love you no matter what size you are, which is fabulous and everything we want our partners to say. But I couldn't understand how he could love me when all I wanted to do was crawl out of my own skin. Yeah. And I tried to seek professional help and therapists and experts, and they just wanted to write me a prescription for an antidepressant and send me on my way. And it was at that point that I just really felt hopeless. I felt crazy, and I felt like things with food were only going to get worse as I got older. And it was at that point that I really dedicated myself to investigating every single nook and cranny of my relationship with food. And from over a decade of that dedicated research, I found answers, answers that no one is talking about when it comes to our relationship with food. And that was really where I got clear that first I have to heal myself. And then from there, I have to share this with other people because if I can save anyone, you know, the years and years of torture that I went through, then, you know, then I'm doing something. Um, And that's really where it became my purpose. And it's been four years since I have emotionally eaten, or even felt a tinge of torture with food. And I just love sharing, you know, what I know about living and walking the emotional eating journey and the path to heal it. Yeah, that's amazing. And thank you for your vulnerability, Jessica. I mean, I think so many of the ambitious women that are out there listening to this, as well as those few brave men, 
um, could relate to that, whether it's because they're over or under eating, right? Because, you know, the, the pendulum could swing either way. And I know from all of your research, you know that as well. And it's, it's so hard, especially now that, you know, we're right here at the helm of a, an opportunity to give ourselves permission to overeat with the holidays, right? Like mm-hmm. it's right here. So we could easily say, oh, don't worry about the diet. Don't worry about the healthy eating choices. Don't worry about your previous addictions that you've known about, that you've been doing so much work from. This is the holiday. So you can now just kind of let it go, even though you know that that's not the best thing for it. Like we'll justify it. Um, and sometimes we're justifying because we're trying to cope with the stressors that we know are coming with visiting friends and family, or, you know, we're already in the the part of the, the new year where we should have had all these great patterns dealt with, right? You know, what do they say? January 18th is like cancel day from all of the new year's resolutions, right? Um, and wherever, you know, wherever you are in the world, as you're listening to this, whether it's pre or post holidays, it matters and it's appropriate for you to understand that these things happen to even the best of us. And when I say the best of us, I don't mean better than you. I mean, the best as in we know better. (laughs) We know better. We've done the research. We've maybe got degrees and certified in the whole thing, but it still can come up and you have to do the work on a regular basis to kind of avoid it. So I'm curious, Jessica, how this has showed up for you in not just the work you do in the world, but also in your relationship now that you've really gotten better at understanding yourself, how do you show up differently at home for your partner? You know, I think one of the blessings that comes from healing your emotional eating and at least comes from mine, and I see it in my clients as well, is emotional resilience. But with emotional resilience, there is a clearing of our ability to be vulnerable. Like the the capacity for vulnerability that I have now is exponentially greater than I did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's no coincidence that, you know, my my healing really coincided with uh, the deepening of my relationship with my now husband. Um, and, you know, I think being free from using food to cope, soothe, or escape has has really taught me how to be vulnerable. And from a place of like, this is who I am, right? Without a wall up, without defenses, without uh, you know, smoke and mirrors or compartmentalizing my true self. But it's, I think it's really given me this ability to, to just open my heart and, and be like, this is who I am. Yeah. And to share aspects of myself that are my truth um, with another person and have that risk of, is this person still going to accept me, you know, for, for my truth and who I am. So I would definitely say it has me showing up more authentically myself, but also much more vulnerable and willing to say yes to what serves me and no to what doesn't, where in the past, I would have just shut down, shut up and ate. Yeah, no, I I totally, totally get that. Uh, For your clients that you work with, and I know you work with a a diversity of people because obviously 
emotional eating is not segregated to just one ethnicity or one age group and it goes across. And I know you do a lot of retreats for um, very signature specific customized retreats to really help people deal with the challenges that they're having and kind of take them away from the environment that might be triggering for a moment so they can get a little respite, get some air, so to speak, and and really have time to fully uh, heal, right? And to, to really be able to deal with that. I'm curious if in those retreats that you do for people, these issues of, you know, how it's affecting their quality of life, you know, whether it's their working career as professional women and men out in the world, or if it's, you know, because they're students, so there's their student life balance because they feel shame around it. So they're hiding, they're not participating, they're not networking, they're not going to parties, you know, whatever it is that they should be doing to just enjoy whatever age group they're in at the time and be able to enjoy those milestones. But instead, they're kind of hiding because they feel um, so much frustration with themselves around this addiction that they, until they met you, have felt like they didn't have hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the ways that it shows up, uh, or the ways that the emotional eating cycle shows up is that it's isolating. So mm-hmm. the immediate thing that any emotional eater will do, especially if they're actively in the cycle, is they will isolate. And they will isolate from the people that they love. They will isolate from support. They'll basically run away. Um, and that could even simply look at or show up as um, you know, showing up for work and being there physically, but not really there mentally, not really there emotionally, right? For the people who have their own businesses, it may show up of like, you know, marketing yourself, but not really believing like behind it. Um, So one of the things that really, you know, we cut through in order to help the healing process is to stop the isolation. Um, And that's one of the beauties of coming together in a retreat setting is that you can't be on a retreat and isolate. (laughs) Like you have to be in the room. Um, And, you know, and through that learning, like a, through showing up and staying in the room physically, mentally, emotionally, we all start to learn that it's not so scary to show up. It's not so scary. Um, it's not so threatening, you know, to show up in the messy. Because yeah. a lot of people um, that I work with will, you know, wait until things are perfect to yeah. show up when the real, um, you know, emotional fitness comes from showing up in the messy, showing up in the difficult um, and working through it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, like I use um, the, the terminology of getting messy a lot in the work that I do with my own clients because they're they're like you, right? Like they're high level professionals. They're very knowledgeable. They don't need any help with their skill. But there's the other part of life that comes up sometimes as, you know, it came up for me as well, personally and professionally, that we need to get a little bit messy and go into the dirt to really see what's underneath of there before we can, you know, be honest with ourselves about why we're ready to get clean. Otherwise, we're just constantly telling ourselves, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't want to do this anymore. But then we don't show up to do the work. We don't allow ourselves to be in those 
new spaces um, to attract more of what we really want, right? Like even uh, better, you know, I want to be careful about saying the word better, but a different circle of friends that might actually stop enabling our behaviors. Because sometimes our friends and family, they don't really know what else to do with us either because they don't want to judge us when we're in that darker place. So they'll just say, well, you know what? Um, I accept it. When you're ready, I'm ready. And as right. good as that feels to hear it, <laughs> you know, in the moment when you're like, okay, back up, right? Like, all right. It can be just as damaging to not hold the mirror of accountability up to us and say, listen, I love you to life and beyond it. However, I'm worried about your heart. I'm worried about this cholesterol, right? The sodium, your potential diabetes. Like I am just worried that there could be stroke, there could be all kinds of things that just because you look good in your outfit or a pair of jeans does not mean that you are healthy. And it is important for you to increase your wealth by first increasing your health. So I, I respect everything that you're doing on so many levels because I think it, it's applicable to all of us, just period. Yeah. And that's so true. Um, like our health is our wealth. And I think that, you know, phrase is thrown around a lot, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, as we make our way into January, people really marketing really clings to it. But like, we have to break out of this illusion that we are invincible. And that we can just do whatever we want without repercussions. Um, Because to every cause, there is an effect. So to everything that we are putting into our bodies, even the thoughts we are thinking, the feelings we aren't expressing, there is an effect to that. There is a cost um, of not taking care of ourselves. And for some people, it is immediate. And for some people, it shows up over long term where, you know, things we did five years ago are we're now paying the price for. So I think it's really important for us to stop living in the illusion that, you know, we can come last on the list. Um, And we really have to start prioritizing ourselves and our health so that we can be of service in this world in the way that we truly are meant and purposeful. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand percent agreed. If I could give you a virtual pound, (laughs) that's exactly what would be happening right now. Um, This makes so much sense. So I'm curious for you with all the work that you do, because it's, it's a lot and it could be really taxing um, when you're soaking in the energy of other people as they process different things and uh, you know, they kind of spew what's what's happening in their life. So you have to be really careful not to absorb it. Um, and I'm trying to be careful not to, I, I know you have a clinical background as well. So I'm trying not to be overly clinical for our listeners, right? And just use a little bit more lay language. But because that's happening a lot, I would love for you to share, like, how are you giving yourself permission to pause so you can make sure you can recharge and refuel as well? Yeah. So my permission to pause really comes with food Mm -hmm. um, and really using my meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, sometimes even a snack as truly a space that is sacred. Um, One that where, you know, is, is not the way that a lot of people conventionally eat. You know, a lot of people conventionally eat 
while they're checking email in front of their computer and there's like the TV on in the background and maybe they even walk eat while they're walking down the street or something. But for me, like having those points within my day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, um, it creates almost like a permission to pause rhythm for me in the way I think about it. Um, and it's that moment for me to really check in with myself, not only physically with like, what am I physically hungry for, but also for me energetically and emotionally and mentally, um, you know, lunch specifically because it happens usually sandwiched between a series of client sessions. So it really is a time for me to like refresh, recenter, renew, reconnect um, with myself, with my higher self, um, so that I'm not getting to the end of the day where it's like, you know, a permission to pause binge fest because I'm so depleted. Mm -hmm. But it's really like having that, that rhythm of checking in, checking in, checking in throughout my day. And it is connected to eating because it is something that we all have to do multiple times a day. If I skip a meal, if I forget to eat, if, you know, something comes up and my meal time, you know, gets jostled around, I absolutely feel off balance. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like such a sign that like, nope, we have not outgrown this yet. Like we have not sort of become superhuman. We have to stop and pause and eat and reflect and reconnect. Yeah, a thousand percent. You said it hands down and you said it so perfectly. And I love that you really slow yourself down. Like you give yourself permission to slow down so you can enjoy your food and enjoy the moment of refueling. So you can just really benefit from it more just from the fact that you're just taking that stock in it, um, like literally with every single ounce of it, right? Like just <laughs> enjoying it, which is perfect. So how can people connect with you, Jessica, to learn more about what you do in the world and if they need the services for themselves or a family member as well, where can they get that? Yeah. So come on over to escapefromemotionaleating.com. If using food to cope, soothe, and escape is holding you back, I invite you to take the free quiz on my website. It's very eye-opening and it'll give you a lot of new awareness around your relationship with food and that'll also give you next steps based on your results. So that's escapefromemotionaleating.com. Um, I am on all social media platforms, but the best way to get in touch with me is escapefromemotionaleating.com. I love that. You have been amazing. Thank you for showing up and showing out and giving a piece of your truth to us. I know the story is layered, right, with, with depth, and I'm just so grateful that you were able to condense it and allow us to have a digestible piece of it that we can take with us and really you know, help to understand our own challenges or issues, or even if it's not ourselves, just the people that we know and love. So I'm so grateful for you and your expertise and the fact that you chose to be brave enough to not just help yourself, but to put that story, that testimony, that message that you had in the world um, into greater use by being a professional and serving other people. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much.
You're welcome. All right, Balance Bowley listeners, I hope that you got everything that you needed from Jessica Procini. She is amazing, so high-spirited. I really, really love this child. You don't understand. And I say child because I wish that I had some of the youthful energy that she has, even though we're probably very close in age, by the way. Um, But... With that said, I'm grateful that she came and turned out for us, and I'm grateful that you showed up. If you have any other questions, you know where to find her. Please take that quiz and get everything you need, or just share it with the right people that you know, uh, your students, your clients, your friends, your family, anyone that you think is also struggling or potentially hiding from what their struggles are. Make sure you share that information. In the interim, if you like what you have heard right here on the Balance Bully for Ambitious Women and a few brave men podcasts, as always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and share to help us ensure that the other ambitiously bold and brave have access to these valuable life, love, and business balance tools. In the interim of the interim, if you want to connect with me, I am at Ask Nikita everywhere. You can find me on IG, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of it. So, I will see you next time on the other side of the moon. I want you to go create your balance and create your joy, but remember, do it boldly. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.